And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome aboard the Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets with Tim McMaster, Zach Rosenblatt, and Marissa Dunn. Can't wait! Hope has returned to the New York Jets. That's right. Last time we recorded the Can't Wait podcast was Friday, and it felt like all was lost. Uh, But wow, what a difference a few days makes. Everything went right for the Jets over the weekend, plus the news Monday that Mike effing White is back in the fold for the final two games of the season. We will cover it all here on the Can't Wait podcast. Tim McMaster along with Zach Rosenblatt, our Jets reporter at The Athletic, and Marissa Dunn. Uh, We're going to talk about Mike White. We're going to talk about what that means for Zach Wilson. Uh, We'll talk about the playoff odds, what has to happen for the Jets to get there, because so far everything is kind of coming into place and the boxes are being checked. Um, But the Jets still have to win football games, which is something that has not been easy lately, as they have lost four in a row, obviously. Um, I guess I'll start here, coming off the the holiday weekend. Um, Did everybody have a good weekend, Marissa and Zach? Yeah, it, I, mine was pretty chill. It's, it was kind of like a mini bye week for me, so that which was kind of nice. And Although for it did, to fall on Christmas weekend is a very yeah, nice exactly. mini bye week. I, I I went into the city on Saturday night when it was like at its coldest, and that that the cold aspect was not fun, but um, it was cool being in the city. Uh, Marissa spent Comic. the whole weekend at the airport. Yeah, Marissa had a my I I can't complain because of all the travel issues everybody's having all over the place right now. <laughs> um, yes. But, I will say, though, I did get to see my family and did get to spend Christmas and Christmas Eve great. and Christmas Day with my family. So it was worth going crazy at the airport. But, um, you know, thoughts to everybody that's had to travel. I mean, yeah, like a couple hours is like nothing compared to what some other people are dealing with. So yes. you got yeah, lucky in a way. I didn't get back yeah. to Cleveland until 1 a.m. last night. But I woke up this morning and I was like, you know what? I made it back. So at this point, I really can't complain. Yeah, yeah, and people have yeah. spent a week in the same clothes, from what I've heard too. As, yes. as oh god, people made it to their destinations, their luggage did not. It's it's certainly yes. been a mess around the the country, and tragically in some places, and obviously, yeah. and and terrible weather, and the weather seems to always win. Um, but let's get back yeah. to football, and that is the biggest gift the Jets could have gotten. I think was well, I guess it was threefold, right? The, the games that happened over the weekend, and then the news Monday of Mike White. So let's start yeah. there. Um, Robert Sal announcing he's cleared to play and that he will be the starter the rest of the weekend. Um, I want to get your just initial thoughts, Zach, but with this, um, obviously this had an impact everywhere, including Las Vegas, where the Jets went from one and a half point dogs to two point favorites with the news of Mike White. The Mike White swing. Um, (laughs) Vegas clearly believes in him too. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) It's it's funny. Everybody was kind of like, as as the results were happening the way they were. I think everybody was like, all right, everybody's praying on on Twitter and and everything. Like, okay, now let's get Mike White cleared. And you know, I I, I went along with the jokes, like uh, you know, making up doctors that can clear him in time for next week. Um, yeah, I mean, it's 
it is. I did think a little bit about how how it's crazy how we've gotten to this point now where, um, you know, Mike White before the season wasn't even a consideration as like a starter for this team or the future. And now we're at the end of the season and a season that was supposed to be about evaluating Zach Wilson is now about evaluating Mike White. And if Mike White is the guy and if they can still make the playoffs and, you know, that, that's why this, this league is so wild, because when we last spoke, we were writing, you know, the obituary for this team this season. And I, I think it was, I think a lot of people were doing that, including internally. I mean, you heard Robert Sala call it far fetched that they, they can make the playoffs like just last week. And then everything they needed uh, happened. Everything they needed to happen happened. They had a great Christmas weekend in that regard. And, and now they sit here and you win two games. And, you know, the Chargers winning means that there's only one spot available. So it's not like just in a straight path uh, to the playoffs. But, um, yeah, they, they, with Mike White being back, you, you feel a little better about their chances. Whereas, you know, if you had asked me a week ago without knowing if Mike White would, would be back, I think that was a big part of, like, the, the conversation. We didn't know if he would be cleared. Uh, so without knowing that, we went into the last two weeks thinking, well, why should we think this team can win two games in a row? They couldn't, they couldn't win two games in the last four weeks. Um, and they've lost, like, what, like six of eight? So it's been a rough stretch. I, I think they still need to prove that they can do it. Even Mike White, you know, he only won one of the three games, and it was against the Bears. Uh, the Seahawks are reeling. Going to Seattle is never easy, though. And then the Dolphins, you know, that game, you know, that that we, we can talk about this because there's been some developments with the Dolphins too. But yep. these are not these are not two easy games. Even if the Seahawks are reeling, like they're a team that's still fighting for the playoffs as well. It's not like they have nothing to play for. Uh, Geno Smith is, is going to be pretty highly motivated, I would say. Um, and so it, I think Sunday is going to be a good game. It's going to be tough in Seattle. I think it's going to be rainy, although that's pretty normal when you're in Seattle, I guess. Um, but, yeah, so Mike White being back, you, you feel better about their chances. I, I think, uh, you know, I, yeah, I, I just think he puts you in a better position to win, obviously. Whatever Zach just put forward on Thursday, it got bad enough that there was some question about whether – so what do they do if Mike White's not cleared? Because I don't know if they could have gone back out there with – with Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah, but like I don't Joe Flacco, I don't know if you feel very good about that either. So, it's uh it, it again, it's just why like I would never have guessed this before Mike White became the starter again that we'd be talking like this cuz he didn't have a good training camp. Like my first impressions of him beyond like his Hall of Fame game last year um were that he did not have a good training camp this year. And and so he was third string most of the year or second string in the beginning of the year when Zach was hurt. But you, you had no reason to think that he would wind up being the guy for a, a playoff team. Like, we didn't even think this was going to be a team that competed for the playoffs necessarily, even if we thought they'd be better. So, yeah, it, this is a major, major development all around. And ha having a couple of games that mean something still is exciting. Like, instead of going in, yeah, I joked at, with how bad the Jaguars loss was because it was bad. Like, we can forget now because it's almost been a week already. Like, the early game actually, I think, helped them in terms of the narrative. Yeah. Because people were pretty upset on Thursday, then they got a few days to cool down, and then everything they needed to happen happened. If like if this if this happens during Sunday, like where all the all the these results happen while the Jets are getting their their butts beat up by the Jaguars, I think we we uh, maybe the conversation is a little bit different until Mike White gets cleared. But yeah, so I, I, everything came up Jets, and now we have some some fun at least for a week. If they lose, it's over. Um, they're not going to make the playoffs if they lose now. So. Um, this week, the season's on the line. Like this is the first time you can officially say the season is on the line. So that's, uh, it's exciting and scary at the same time. It was a wild weekend too, because I, I mean, I fully expected the Patriots to lose to the Bengals, but that was 
you know, 22 to nothing Bengals. It looked like it was going to be easy. Then the Patriots come roaring back and have the ball driving late to win that game. And then they fumble it away and they lose. <laughs> and then the Dolphins are ahead of the Packers most of that game. Um, and then Green Bay gets hot late in Miami and pulls that game out. I mean, it, there was plenty would, of drama for Jets fans would, without there actually being a Jets game over the weekend. Yeah. And it was, I would it say was I would also that Packers game might have been helped by the fact that Tua got another concussion and yes. nobody knew about it. I would say, yes. I mean, that, which is terrible. It is terrible. Yeah. You know, before any it, playoff, it was, it's anything, crazy because pe- people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people found the, found the clip of where he hit his head on the ground and that should have been noticed during, yep. I don't know. I don't know 100%. how the spotters, I don't know how the spotters spot that stuff, but like it was pretty, somebody posted like the stats both before that moment and after that moment for him. And it was very like, I think all of his interceptions came after he hit his head on the ground. Three second I, half picks. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do the thing where I try and be a doctor and say whatever they should do, whatever, like that. I don't have the medicals. I, I think that's been like a big conversation on Twitter. I do think that he's had enough issues with his head that it might not be the worst idea to step back for, for at least a few weeks. And I don't know if he should play this season. I don't know, but it's scary, especially because we know everything that's happened with him. Um, sorry, a little sidetrack. We, we, no. we do need to talk about Tua, obviously, but yeah. Yeah. We, and we were going to get, we're going to get into that too. So might as well jump in there. And it, yeah. it is interesting from the concussion standpoint in that you would think the spotters in the league has this whole system in place, right? Yeah. Where they have people that are looking out for this, but I don't know how that works where they're just looking at every game the same as far as like every play, or if there are certain players in each game right. that they're mm. paying special attention to, because there's no player in the NFL that should be getting more attention from those <laughs> spotters than Tua considering he, what's happened. He changed, season. he like changed the policies, like right. everything that happened. And then I don't know, I, I'm sure they're, they're going to have to answer for that again. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's scary. You know, the concussion stuff is just scary in general. Um, kind of random, but I, this is a way off topic kind of, but I was reading an article about Frankie Munez, the, the actor that was in Malcolm in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he said he's had so many concussions in his life. Cause I guess he became like a race car driver or something. Yes. Like he, yeah. He was a car driver. He's yeah. had so many concussions in his life that he barely remembers any of Malcolm in the middle. Like he oh my God. it feels, he can't tell if something's a memory or a dream is how he described it. Like hearing, hearing stuff like that is scary. Yeah. Um, like these guys, so especially when you when you, we saw everything we saw with Tua, and a lot of times you don't see when these guys are getting concussions. You know, you don't. Maybe it's one that you don't. It's not like obvious even to them. Um, you know, we're not going to get in the whole concussion discussion, but the the Tua stuff is scary. But how it impacts like the Jets and and the playoff run and all that stuff. Like the the Dolphins are a little bit less scary now. I mean, Teddy Bridgewater can be a solid quarterback, uh, and it really does feel like that last game if the Jets can pull out a win against the Seahawks which we'll, we'll talk about later in the week, whether I think they can or will or whatever. But um, the, the Dolphins now have a little tougher road. They have to beat the Patriots, and and the Jets actually kind of need them to beat the Patriots too because if the Patriots wind up with the same record as the Jets, the Patriots get in. So The Patriots do have Buffalo Week 18, and Buffalo yes, looks Buffalo, like they're going to be playing for that top seed. So Yeah, as I say, that, that that's the main factor. If they're playing yeah. for the top seed, because if they're just resting everybody, then – it's that's not ideal. So I mean, the Patriots look pretty, you know, unorganized yeah. and bad. <laughs> um, I mean, Even they in that won. comeback, they didn't look good because it was like a yeah. pick six. Oh, they were getting and they were getting killed. And, they were getting killed yeah. too. Yeah, it's that dude Marcus Jones who killed the Jets <laughs> earlier this season, the rookie. Uh, but yeah, so the, the playoff picture, the two a factor, like definitely like throws a wrench into things. I don't, we'll, we'll, I mean, we don't know what Teddy's gonna look like. It's been a little while since he's like played because he got hurt on the first play against the Jets, if you remember. And Skylar Thompson came in. Um, 
So it's going to be interesting to have the, the the season come down to Teddy Bridgewater winning and then losing for, for the Jets. Yeah. The Jets could play the Dolphins. Or it looks like probably at this point play the Dolphins twice this season and not see Tua, which is is wild. That's a well. great point. I did not even think about that. Yeah. Um, all right. So one thing I wanted to bring up to you as far as Mike White goes, and maybe it's fitting because of the Tua conversation. Um, the reason Mike White hasn't played the last two games is because the offensive line could not protect him against Buffalo, and he got crushed twice yeah. in that game. And obviously, the broken ribs. The offensive line hasn't created lanes for the running game uh, in that time either. So, yes, it's great to have Mike White back as far as how this offense you would think would run, but he's not the only problem with this offense. The line has been bad. So how how does that shape up against Seattle? I'm I'm honestly like more concerned about the run blocking uh, even than the pass because I think Mike White at the very least gets the ball out of his hands quickly. I think a big problem, if you look at the numbers for the offensive line with Zach versus the other quarterbacks, it is pretty stark because Zach holds onto the ball a lot longer. I do think uh, George Fant has been rough. I think Lakin Tomlinson has not had a great year. Uh, Connor McGovern had one of his worst games last week. Like It, it was it was rough all around, but the, the run blocking has been really, really concerning to me, especially because that was kind of like carrying them this year, the running game. And it has not been not like Bam Knight went off those first two games and he's been non-existent. And I don't know how much of it is his fault and how much of his line not creating holes or him not hitting the holes. But they're, they're not going to win any of these two games if their running game does not get going. So you hope that, you know, and I'm, I'm sure a factor is that nobody was scared of Zach Wilson throwing the ball. So they were they were really like scheming up to stop the running game. So you hope that Mike White in there, maybe that changes a little bit. You get a little more breathing room in the running game. Mike White gets the ball out of his hands quickly, completes some passes, the checkdowns that he's really good at, uh, the intermediate area that he's good at, which Zach isn't, um, and that hopefully opens up the running game. But that the offensive line is definitely a concern. It's, again, I, I, I keep saying this. I, I am fascinated to see what it looks like this offseason because they could legitimately like blow the whole thing up. Um, ABT is probably only 100% locked to like start next year. Uh, you know, Then you have like questions like Mekhi Becton and uh, George Fant leaving. Dwayne Brown, is he going to retire? Are they going to keep him? Connor McGovern, free agent. Nate Herbig, free agent. This like, is a, another like common thing. Like yeah. We talk about the offensive line every offseason. Yeah. Well, and it feels like first-round pick almost at this point, right? When you look at this team and the talent they have on offense, what yeah. the defense has done, you have to take a, another lineman right in the first round. I would. I, I don't know. It, I guess it depends on like how this draft looks in those, right. pos, at those positions. Yeah. But yeah, I... Especially, it, it's wild because Joe Douglas has deserves a lot of credit for the roster he's built this year. But you also look at like two things that he has not like succeeded in, and that's building the offensive line and finding a quarterback in the draft. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's fair to like criticize him for that. So I think he took a lot of swings at the offensive line, and I, I don't think you can fault him even for like the moves he made for the most part. I, I know people are mad that he didn't get an offensive lineman, the offensive tackle this offseason earlier. Uh, but, you know, I, I think everybody liked Mekhi Becton during his rookie year uh, and coming out of the draft. You know, he had a lot of potential. ABT worked out. He, he spent money on Dwayne Brown. He spent money on George Fant. Like, he, he's, like, pursued. He's, he signed Lakin Tomlinson, who was a pro bowler in San Francisco and has not been that here. Uh, so, like, he's taken the right swings. They just haven't panned out. So, it's 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 a problem. Um, I, I think the, the offensive line can be good enough. Like, that's – in their games where they were – when they've been winning this year and the offense has been rolling, their offensive line has been like solid. They're never like dominant, I would say, but they've been solid at times. And that's all they need. They need solid. They need to get, they can't let Mike White get killed like he did in that Buffalo game. Like that's a fact. 
They need the running game to open up. You, you don't need to necessarily dominate your opponent. I don't think the, the Seahawks have an amazing pass rush. They give up the, like, I think, like, the third most points or fourth most points in the NFL. Like, their defense has had some pretty big up and downs. Um, so, yeah, the, the offensive line, that, that's definitely a, a storyline over these next two games, and it's that and the quarterback is going to be the biggest things this offseason. George Fant has some motivation this week, I would think, too, going up against his yeah. old team. So we'll we'll see if that helps him uh, spark things um, a little bit. Let's take a quick break, Marissa. We're going to come back well, a little more, more on Mike White that I want to talk about, and that is depending on what happens the next two weeks, what happens to Mike White. And we should touch on Zach Wilson, Salah's comments on him this week and a little more after this break here on the Can't Wait Podcast. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruits and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, everybody wanted Mike White to be back to play these final two games and gives the Jets clearly the best chance to get to the playoffs. Um, and he has a chance to either make things really complicated this offseason for the Jets yeah. in a good way, I guess, or make the Jets have no options heading into 2023. It's a weird way to look at it, but if Mike White plays great, he is a free agent. The Jets have to decide, is did he play great enough that he's a guy that we're going to actually spend money on because I would imagine in this NFL world with no such such a small amount of great quarterbacks in this yeah. league that any time a guy shows a flash, somebody's going to be willing to spend on him. Totally. So yeah. if Mike White's great in these last two games, somebody's going to be willing to to go out and sign him. So will the Jets be if if he can? Or you know, there's all that we've we've talked about all the different options, and we'll get into that over the coming weeks and months, I'm sure. But just from a Mike White standpoint, Zach, do you think if he leads them to the playoffs, he's going to at least get a chance to compete for this job next summer? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. Yes, on that. I, I am very interested. I'd like, I, I definitely think they're open, even if they don't make the playoffs and he plays well these last two games, I do think they're open to the idea of him like being a starting quarterback. I, I, I haven't been able to get a read yet on like how they feel about like the prospects of just handing him the starting job next year. If, um, if they really believe they can compete for a Super Bowl, do you want to do it with Mike White or do you want to go and pursue a guy like Jimmy G, who I know the staff loves so much? Or, you know, I, I, I imagine if Lamar Jackson is actually available, that the Jets would at least like, you know, inquire about that. Like you can't, you can't, if a guy like that becomes available, especially if the Jets are as talented as they are, you have to like explore it at least. So it's, it's going to be a fascinating offseason with that. Because it, it does, the, the turnaround between the end of the season to free agency isn't that long. So, and you have to decide on Mike White before free agency starts in theory, or you're risking losing him elsewhere. So it, 
I, I have no idea what his value is as we see here right now. He can make himself a lot of money over these next two weeks, or he can lose himself a lot of money over <laughs> these next two weeks. No pressure. Um, no pressure. I, so I, I, that's, why, that's why there's so many things up in the air, so many fascinating. If they make it to the playoffs and he has a playoff game, and, you know, I don't know if what happens if he has a terrible playoff game or what happens if he has a great playoff game. Like, it's... There's so many like la- layers and Look levels. Look what Taylor Heineke did with a good playoff. Exactly. Yeah, he spun ago. that into some money. Um, although yeah. they benched him for Carson Wentz again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it, I like I I couldn't even predict how this was gonna play out. I, if I if I had to guess, I would I would say they bring him back and maybe you bring in like a more low key veteran like a Jacoby Brissett or something like that and have it like those two guys back. I don't I don't think Zach's an option. Uh, they might say he is and they might have him as part of the quarterback competition uh next year but i as of right now that seems like a logical path i i just don't know like we don't like is, is jimmy g gonna come available do they want to pursue a guy who's coming off an injury uh what do i think about Derek carr what do they think about all these other guys that are going to be available it's there, there are a lot of interesting quarterbacks available too like veteran wise like you have a gardner Minshew, you have all these like older guys um so i don't know it's uh it's a very interesting spot to be in and and they're in one of the weird spot where they're a good team that needs a quarterback they're not the only even like good or average team that needs a quarterback though. So it's not like it's that easy to go and get a good one. So if you have one in the building, you don't really want to let them go either. So it's uh like, is Mike white going to play his way into the franchise tag? Is Mike white going to play his way into like, you know, a mid-level contract. So he has, so he has a full year to prove that he deserves more than that. Like it's, there's a lot of ways to look at this. I, I, I would imagine he's back here next year, regardless, just because I think they like him a lot. If hopefully if he's your number two, you feel really good anyway. Um, so yeah, it's uh, a lot to learn over these next two weeks. I, I don't know. You, I don't know if you can put like everything in these next two weeks. So yet they have to look consider the whole package. I think they w- they wish they could have had those other two games with him because uh, then you have like a full like whatever would have been six game stretch or or uh, whatever it is. I guess three, five, seven game stretch it would have been if he had played every game, which is a lot of games and enough to evaluate a guy. I think or at least get a good idea about a guy. If you add a, a game onto that slate when you get to the playoffs or more, then I, that obviously helps him. I, if he's if he's the guy that leads his team to the playoffs, I think the fans will want him back at the very least. Uh, but yeah, I mean, best case scenario is you have the guy in the building already, and you don't have to go and get one. So if if he can play well and lead them to wins, like the offense was not scoring enough even with him, which is right. something that it's kind of lost because I think his numbers are so much better than Zach's. But it's like what what does that really mean exactly? Because you know they were one of six in the red zone against the Vikings and. They didn't score enough against the Bills either, though he was getting killed. So, yeah, I don't know. I uh, don't really know where it's going to go. I don't really have a prediction, but these next two weeks, that's why it's so fascinating and, and kind of exciting. It's certainly going to be exciting. All right, we should comment on Zach Wilson as well because Robert Sala obviously asked about him this week and his comments kind of sticking with what he's stuck with, which is like it's not over for Zach here, saying the plan yeah, for yeah. Zach hasn't changed. I still think he has a future here. I still think he's going to be a really good quarterback. He needs time to adjust, kind of sit back. He needs time to just kind of sit back and continue the development that we were trying to kickstart after the New England game. We still have him in our future and in our plans. Um, how good a poker face, Zach, did Robert Sala have when he was saying that in your mind? Like, is there in this organization, is there a thread of truth to that? Or is this team. Like, there's no way we can have him in the building, you know, come July. I don't think there's a no way we can have him in the building level of, like, souring on him. I I do think – I think this team understands that he 
has a long way to go before they believe that he's a starting quarterback capable of leading this team. And, you know, that's a, it's a far cry from where Salah was even earlier that like a few weeks ago, like in, in, like in terms of the season timeline, like what, what, after the first Patriots game, he was saying he wouldn't even be benched. Like, and he's the guy, he's our quarterback. He's our guy. And now it's more like, we still think he can have a future here kind of thing. Um, so clearly the, the tone has changed. It's easy to see why, uh, you know, maybe this off season, maybe Zach Wilson turns a corner or something. I don't know, but I, I think they're planning for life where he's not their starting quarterback, whether that means it's Mike White or it's somebody else that they bring in. I, to Salah's credit, like it, you don't, you can't blame him for talking like that. Like he's not gonna come out there and say, "Look, Zach's done. We're so whatever. Sorry, guys, <laughs> we messed up. On to the next one." <laughs> well, because even if you're, I mean, there is a world where they can try to trade him, right? And you yes, don't, also that the last yes. thing you want to <laughs> do is hurt the little trade value. Exactly, yeah, right exactly. Now. Man, this guy really is bad, huh? You guys are right. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think he's doing the right thing of like trying to prop Zach up and keep him positive. I, 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 he he was made third string again, which you do understand. But every time that happens, it says everybody nationally like acts like that's this brand new thing. They they were doing that before, and it's not like that uncommon when a quarterback gets benched that you bump him all the way down to third because you don't. I don't know the distraction of him being there is a factor, and they have Joe Flacco, so it's a little bit unique. So I don't know. I didn't make as much about the fact that he's third string again, but yeah, Salas comments. Uh, you know, he, he talks a lot of, he does talk a lot about how nobody has patience for these guys anymore. I think I understand what he's saying, but he, he's also the one benching Zach. Like we're not doing that. Um, and I, I, I do get what he's saying. Like these, some guys just need more development. Zach clearly was not ready, but they drafted him second overall and they needed him to be ready right away. So it, it didn't work out ultimately, but, um, yeah. So Salah's saying all the right things. Like he has most of the year. Uh, I don't imagine we'll see Zach again this season, but you know, I wouldn't have predicted a lot of this stuff. Like I, I, I've been getting some comments on some of my stories. Like, can you write about something other than the quarterbacks? Well, well, I would, if they would stop changing who the quarterback is every week, (laughs) trust me, I don't want to write about them anymore either, but it's the, the quarterback is the main topic. And then you, then you go from there. So later this week, I'll have non quarterback stuff, unless I don't know, they they named Chris Traveler, the starter or something, but, um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to write about other stuff too. I promise it's just harder right now. <laughs> you do wonder if Zach Wilson had been given like the Aaron Rodgers treatment, right? Where he was, maybe he's that guy. Some yeah. guys can step like, right in yeah, and other guys can't. And now in today's NFL, those guys that can't, it, it's a bust because you have to, like, there's no, there's well, no other coaches, option. Really. Coaches like, don't you, have, coaches don't have the, like their jobs are on the line. Right. Like that's what happens now. Yeah. I mean the best case, I'm, the most you can sit a guy is Patrick Mahomes, right? Where you yeah, have a solid year. starter, you have a coach probably headed to the Hall of Fame and a playoff caliber team, and you draft the quarterback, what was he, in the teens, right, Mahomes? And with that perfect formula, Mahomes was able to sit for an entire season, which I think helped him a lot. Um, yeah. But most teams that are drafting quarterbacks in the first round don't have that situation yeah. to bring them into. So. Like I said, the, the Chiefs traded up for Mahomes, didn't they? Yes. Yep. Yeah. So that was also like they saw the guy they wanted and they knew they were able, they could develop him a little bit. He has talked about how he learned a lot from Alex Smith too, um, like about how to prepare and like how to how to do a lot of different things. So, yeah. I, I, Which I is think another the, thing about Zach. Yeah. I was about so to say that's like a fair, about, a fair um, criticism from last year is, yep. and, and Salah's kind of like, I think he knows that they messed up with this. 
he doesn't really talk about it, but because he says you can play the hindsight game or whatever. But I think it's pretty obvious they should have had a, even if it was Joe Flacco, who I think right. has been like a positive influence on Zach behind the scenes. Uh, like I, they, they should have had that from the get go. Maybe don't hand Zach the starting job on day one, like all that stuff. Like that, like I, I wrote about in my, I, the thing I did, I think it was last week about the whole situation. Uh, like Sauce Gardner was in a competition with Bryce Hall, which seems hilarious in retrospect now. <laughs> Um, with how good Sauce has been this year and how Bryce Hall has basically been an afterthought. But th- they did that so uh, Sauce Garner had to earn his stripes. And I, I, I think that's something to be said even in the locker room when a guy has to go in there and earn it, and he, and he does, and you feel like, okay, he earned this. Um, I'm not saying, like, Zach was bad in practice or anything, but I don't know. Like I, I think they handled the beginning of the Zach Wilson era a little off. Um, and so I don't, I'm not saying that threw everything off. Like the thing Zach has mess, has had a problem with, I don't know if it's necessary just because they started him right away. I, I think these are just problems he has that he has to work through. But yeah, I, I would have had a veteran here, uh, if not Flacco, somebody more capable. Even they weren't they weren't trying to win a lot last year. I think is also part of it. Um, but yeah, well, I mean ultimately, it's I mean there's only so many different ways to talk about Zach at this point. We've talked about all of them, but yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, thanks to Barry in the chat for correcting me. I thought I was thinking they traded up to like 13 for Mahomes, but he was actually 10. He went number 10. I, yeah, I think Deshaun Watson was like 13 or something like that that year for, with the Texans. Which for a while worked out as well. Yes. So whereas you had, I think Trubisky, right, was in the top five. So it's <laughs> yeah, just... yeah, that was the famous thing to Bears. Like everybody always made fun of the Bears for taking Trubisky. Oh, NFL quarterbacks. What a world. Um, and for the, the amount of jobs that are at stake based on those decisions, it's just it's just insane. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, a little more to get to. Uh, playoff odds for the Jets. We talked about what needs to happen. Obviously, they need to win two. The Patriots need to lose at least one. Um, they have the Dolphins this week and then the Bills. Um, for a while, and I know you did the research, Zach, to figure out how the Jets could lose. Yeah. 
one game and still get in, but that was blown up because it included the Chargers needing to lose their last three games. And yeah, obviously yeah. they won on Monday night. Um, so that one didn't didn't age well. But the Jets, according to Austin Mock of The Athletic, the Jets are at 12.7%. The Patriots are 10.3%. And I believe the Dolphins now are actually lower than that. I saw no, today. No, they're, they're still, I think they were still higher, actually. I think they were like 80% or something like that. Um, they sent they sent it like yesterday. I don't have it in front of me right now. Uh, I was going by the the pulse. The athletics right, pulse newsletter said something weird about here, it. Like dropping, I, here I got but, yeah. The the dolphins are at seventy three point six percent, which I think is lower than what it was when I looked yesterday. But um, I in five thirty on five thirty eight. If the if the Jets win both their two games, I think their odds jump up to like from like 17% to like 91%. So Yeah, cuz at that you, point the only thing that can go wrong is the Patriots winning yeah. out, which just seems Yeah, which seems unlikely, unlikely on paper, yeah. but I mean, we'll we'll see. <laughs> so, it's it's going to be wild. This is what we wanted. We wanted meaningful games in December. We got them in the We're Jets. Getting them in January now. It, right, yeah. but I was going to say the Jets lost yeah. them all, right? That's <laughs> true. <laughs> meaningful I mean, games yeah, in December a was point. a complete yeah. washout. <laughs> But That's now, meaningful point. games in January, maybe that turns out a little better for the Jets. <laughs> yeah, we wanted meaningful games. We didn't say we wanted to win them. We just right. we just wanted them. <laughs> yeah, Owen, what they go Owen four in December. Yeah, Owen four. Right? Yeah, and they're Owen four. Yeah. Um, Yikes. One last thing, I think, and maybe this is too big to get into right now, but like with these two games riding now, the way this season has gone, how much pressure do you feel like there is on Douglas and Sala right now? These two weeks. And that's something we're going to revisit throughout the offseason, obviously, and the pressure that they'll probably face heading into next year. I think they need a win. At the very least, they need to split these games. You can't end the season losing six in a row and go in feeling good about the next. I know everything started well, but if if they end the season uh, with, I mean, not they might. They would still both be back, though, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're safe. They've done a really good job this year, despite not having a quarterback. Yep. Um, You know, I wrote all about this, and. Some people push back. I think a lot of them like didn't actually read the story, but I wrote about how historically when you miss on a quarterback as badly as they did with Zach Wilson, almost never do the GM and or head coach last more than a couple years after that. Um, I think I, I looked over the last 15 years at everyone who I think was an like obvious bust. There's some pushback on, I had Sam Bradford in there. I guess that's fair. Um, but otherwise all, every single head coach was let go within three years and most of the GMs, though not all, like some G- teams stick with GMs way longer than they should a lot of the time. Like GMs wind up being the ones that get off scot free because um, they get to which, fire the coach. Yeah, a lot of the times, yeah. Um, and so the Jets are in a unique spot because they can they can go to Woody Johnson and be like, "Look, we're a quarterback away." Um, I think the flip side of that is they were wrong on the quarterback that they brought in. But you know, not everybody hits on the quarterbacks. All that conversation. But anyway, my point being, my my story was about. Uh, if they if they miss again this offseason, I can't imagine they would get a third chance uh, after that. Like you, if they have the wrong quarterback, they're not going to be good next year. And if they're not good next year, I I, I could see Woody Johnson getting impatient. I, I think Robert Sala, I, you know, we've talked about him a lot on this podcast. It's kind of calmed down over the last month because all the losing, but he he's done a great job at managing this team. He's managing expectations, the things he says, the way he motivates. Uh, everybody's stayed going in the same direction, even during the struggles. He handled the Zach Wilson situation as well as he could. He handled the trade requests he got from all these receivers as well as he could. Uh, they've been in like it. It's it is crazy in retrospect. You think about all the guys that have gotten hurt, especially their two most talented offensive players. They lost for the year. Um, 
and they've, the defense went from worst to one of the like five best in the league. So I think Salah's done a remarkable job. And the idea that either of them will be on the hot seat considering the offseason and season they've had, I, I, I think that obviously is ridiculous. My dog like make make it dreaming and making noises right now. <laughs> um, uh, but I I also think at this time next year, if they again are like around this like seven to eight win range and they just miss the playoffs again and they don't have the quarterback, like I, I it's at least a conversation of uh, how how secure are they in these jobs? And I, I think both of them they look like a great pairing and one that you want to build around. And if if ownership was more patient around the league, then I think they would last even if they didn't maybe make the playoffs next year. But I don't know that Woody is is patient like that. So that that it's going to be a conversation, especially if they lose these next two games, which would be bad for everybody, I think, because that's a pretty epic collapse to lose your last six games in a row, especially when you're in playoff contention and all you need to do is win a couple of them. And they if they lost all of them, that's a problem. But I, I don't think they'll lose all of them. And so you'll go into this offseason feeling a little better, I think, whatever happens the way it happens. But it's going to be... Yeah, I, they need a, they, they, I think they know this. I think they know. I think Vic Fangio is the best example of what the Jets are kind of dealing with because Fangio was there three years. He built up an amazing defense in Denver, but they never found the quarterback and he got fired because they weren't winning enough. And so I, I think that's a good like comparison to look at. I, I think Salah can be a better coach than Fangio was, and I think he's built a really good culture here. But um, yeah, owners aren't patient historically. Like that, just Like I said, I mean, the fact that in the last 15 years, Pretty much every quarterback bust got their coach fired, I think says a lot. And Woody didn't hire Sala. Or and he didn't, yes, yeah, which is a factor did, for sure. So Christopher did. Um, yeah, and he said all the right things about trusting in what his brother did while he was away. But at the end of the day, he didn't make those hires. All right, that's going to do it for us on this episode. We're going to be back later in the week. We'll be back on Friday to get you fully ready for the Seattle game. A little bit shorter episode today because there was no game to recap, um, but still plenty of drama here with two games left in the Jets season. If you want to join The Athletic, read all the Zach stories that we talked about on the pod. The one about the quarterback bust is really interesting. So actually go and read it if you haven't. Join The Athletic for $2 a month for... Marissa, did that change? I feel like I saw a slack. Um, it did, and <laughs> I could I, I could pull it up. Um, I think it's it $1 is... a month for 12 months. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yes. Anyway. Yeah, uh, active promotions. Um uh, I think it, yeah. Uh, hold on, there's all, there's all different ones. I was gonna say, get a great deal by going to the athletic. Yes, yes there's some great deals for low amounts of money. Yeah, theathletic.com/slash can't wait. It's at least as good as two dollars a month for twelve months. We'll, we'll talk to everybody again later in the week. Bye.